Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. My guest this episode, the resident anime experts in my life, Brandon and Logan Lambert, are here. Supposedly relatively. Speak up. I wouldn't call myself an expert. Compared to me. (laughs) Yeah, relatively. Because my big anime days were back when I was, well, your age and younger. And so I'm, you know. A lot of new stuff exists. Yeah, when it was a lot harder to get access to, when you really had to want to watch anime. (laughs) It wasn't just everywhere you look. Like when you went in the video store and it was like, oh shit, they have Wicked City, I can rent this, or something, you know? That's relevant because this episode's movie is Ponyo from 2008, a Studio Ghibli, Hayao Miyazaki joint probably my favorite Miyazaki movie which is probably controversial I think a lot of people think it's too sort of because it's definitely for kids I, th- I think that makes it better in a way that I think that's even Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle certainly Princess Mononoke are not necessarily yeah and I, th- I think that's something that Miyazaki has always kind of leaned into is like the just like pure joy of like that sort of in sort of a childlike way of just like the way he views things i think is a very like simple happiness in a way that i don't know whenever he draws like nature and stuff it feels like he just wants to sit and think about things simply and not also have a plot in there <laughs> yeah no i get it because ponyo is a very joyful movie it brings me joy <laughs> <laughs> yeah Totoro's Kitty too. To- yeah, that's yeah, true. Totoro too. Yeah, this is kind of the next Totoro for him. There might be one in between that was another like cute one, but this was definitely his biggest. I'm gonna make a movie that's just cute and that's about it. I mean, it has some depth to it, but it's also mostly a cute little romp. Well, Miyazaki is also kind of the gateway drug of anime for a lot of people i think because like not a lot of animes get nominated for oscars you know yeah and i think and i I think partly well some of that oscar stuff might come from it too but part of the reason it's such a big force here is because a lot of the staff at disney were like we need people here to be able to watch this like a lot of the localizations and blu-rays and stuff of Ghibli stuff for years was done by like John Lasseter like I looked at a behind the scenes thing for Ponyo after we watched it and Kathleen Kennedy showed up and I was like oh that's where like she's a big Disney person yeah and John Lasseter is listed as a producer on in the credits and stuff which is a unfortunate and b but you know yeah yeah give Disney props for something ever which is like you know they did they definitely were instrumental in making Miyazaki a thing here. Yeah. I think he definitely would have come over eventually just because of how iconic he is in Japan. But I think just the earliest efforts were done by Disney and that's still appreciated. Or even just getting them into like movie theater. I think it's a little more prevalent now, but I remember like when Princess Mononoke played in the theater in my town. I was like, holy shit, what's happening? You know, <laughs> I gotta go see that. Like, yeah, that's something. They still, I think G Kids does it, and that's not Disney, but they they run, they do like Ghibli Fest like every summer, 
like every month there's like one that plays like four times a month at least around here i'm not sure if that's a fathom thing or i'm not sure probably not around here like yeah like where in bigger cities is that like SnyderCon? Oh, i'm not sure <laughs> i didn't pay attention to the snyder thing this three movie festival it's just it luckily it's it's exactly what i thought it was oh, it's just him that. showing his 3 DC movies in like IMAX. It's like an IMAX screening. But yeah, again, but tell me, I'm sorry, but just said. tell me that guy is not in some way, shape, or form an egomaniac when you have, you literally are having a thing and calling it Snyder Con. That's kind of what they've been calling it. I guess he's just leaning into it, but I don't think he's too mad about it. But just, this is not a clowning on Snyder cast. We gotta move on. <laughs> I know. We do this it's all just, day. Yeah, we could. <laughs> Yes, Ponyo, a good movie, not directed by Zack Snyder, and right off the bat with the animation in this movie, all the underwater stuff, there's so much, it's not even that it's so detailed, there's just so much moving on screen at once. Yeah, that was a big thing that I was thinking about, was any one frame from this movie is not super impressive, but the second it starts moving everything on screen moves in just such an intricate crazy way especially with the water and most of the movie's water so it's a lot of just flowing water just moving around in these ways that you've never seen or i don't think has been done again like it's just it's nuts i have a note that says uh mentioning that a ghibli movie looks great is perhaps old hat at this point but man (laughs) yeah yeah especially in like (laughs) 4k or blue you know Mm. delicious yeah so a note with the way that we watched it we watched so i at some point for like 30 dollars, i must have been really tired to think it was legit i bought this every ghibli movie in a blu-ray for 30 dollars thing definitely a bootleg we watched about (laughs) 15 minutes on that blu-ray uh and there were pieces of the subtitles missing like the old ladies were talking and it just like dropped two lines of dialogue and we had no idea what they were saying. And so we switched over to HBO Max, which also made us notice that they had way different scripts and that new HBO Max script is way better than whatever that one was using. I don't know if they ripped that from the Disney Blu-ray or something, but whatever HBO Max subtitles they're using now are much better than whatever was available before. Yeah, the as far as I could tell at least from memory anyway the because i have the blu-ray but i watched on hbo max for this they they seem exactly the same because the dub script is still the same they don't have to retranslate the dub so the subtitles for the dub will stay the same but for subtitled release which is what we watched we watched it in japanese with subtitles because we've seen it in the dub before yeah it has a lot of changes that i think the dub they used to keep consistent with the dub that they're, now they're trying to keep the original intention. Like, in the dub, does he refer to his mom as Lisa? Does Sosuke call his own mother Lisa? Yeah. No. It's important that he does. In the Japanese, probably he, get to like, his mom, to, to push the point that she is like a more independent sort of... I, I saw the term democratic used woman in Japanese society they have her refer to the kids by first name and have the kids refer to the parents by first name so the entire movie he's calling his mom Lisa and his dad Koichi and the dub 
doesn't seem to include that and the old subtitles didn't either and i think it it's a big point i don't know i think it's just a cool it's another another way that sosuke has been granted autonomy by his parents and i think this the the whole movie i think is about the individual individuality and personhood of children and what they're allowed to do as people versus as children especially with everything with Ponyo and her parents and I think having the mirror of that with Sosuke's parents like in that way is really important and I think dropping that is kind of hurts it a little bit it's nothing too crazy like it doesn't ruin the movie but it's just a nice thing to have that is not there and it also just like you'd need like a note before the movie for that to make sense in like a dub I can see why (laughs) they changed it when they localized it originally because it's such a weird, like, very specific culture-wise thing of, like, why is he doing that? Especially with, like... Yeah, here you would have people be like, why is this kid calling his parents by their first name? Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the, like, everything in the movie, there's no scene where someone sits down and explains right. something. Like, they don't have the movie start and she's like, and you call me Lisa because I believe you are a person. Like, it's because they don't explain anything and that's part of... What is so good about the movie is when they don't explain even much of anything. <laughs> even one thing. See, this is this is why I have you here. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's the old subs versus dubs debate. There's always going to be something lost, you know. But yeah, I have to imagine that's just a cultural thing of even like then, we can't have these kids running around calling her Lisa because yeah. <laughs> parents here are going to see that, and you know. Yeah. I was thinking the other day watching Bluey as I, as I do every day. It's interesting on there because there's some adults that they refer to as like so-and-so, like their friend Lucky, they call him Lucky's dad. But their next door neighbor, they call her Wendy. So does she have kids? Yes. I guess they just know her well enough. Yeah. But there's some adults that they call, the kids just straight up call by their first name. But there's some that they just refer to as like, oh, it's Lucky's dad. It's so-and-so's mom. It's So I don't know what the difference is there, but it's... I, I was thinking about that the other day. There's a lot day. of nuances to every country's ways of referring to adults as kids, and then just to try to figure them out is because, like, even between different parents in America, there will be different. Like, it's just it's you can't really know until someone just says it. Yeah, like I don't think it's, I don't think it's. You can tell when it's being done in a way that's purposely disrespectful. Yeah, but like, like Bart like, Simpson. Oh, constantly saying Homer, Homer instead of dad. Yeah. Like, well, occasionally he says dad, but yeah. That's, I mean, that's being sweet this episode. Yeah, that's meant to be him being a little <laughs> jerk. But I don't, like, if you called me Heath, I would just think it was weird because you've never done that. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't be like, like he's trying that? to be an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. Whereas there's definitely been times where I think one of, one of Carrie's kids will like call her Carrie, and I'm like, don't do that. Because I can tell that it's being done to be like, you can't tell me how to talk. Like, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, just have some baseline respect. Like, you know. And then sometimes it was like just growing up with, because we, ne- we never called her mom. So, like, we would call her Carrie. And then, like, in yeah. that conversation, like, Jeffrey would pick it up and be like, oh, Carrie. Like, he'd sit, call her Carrie to us. And that that's a different, like, there's just so many different reasons to call parents different things. Like, it's interesting language. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a code switching thing. 
And even, yeah, I don't know if it's, I'm not trying to throw this kid under the bus or anything because <laughs> this is my stepkid. But like if to you guys, if he's calling her Carrie, it's like whatever. But like to her face calling her, I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not doing that. Yeah. We're not doing that. It's all about context, I guess. At one time he was calling her, he was texting her and calling her bra. And I was like, mm, no, no, she's not your, she's not your bro. <laughs> Like you don't, but especially because he doesn't even call me that. So why are you calling her that? <laughs> That's you being like way too informal. Yeah, I like suppose. trying to be like purposefully something. But anyway, off of that now. <laughs> the movie. Speaking of dads, <laughs> we've got uh, Fujimoto he's, and his weird sub with flippers. He's awesome. He's awesome. Constantly moving hair Slaying. in, uh, at least in <laughs> the version that I, I watch, and I think most people would watch, voiced by Liam Neeson. I like that casting a lot. I think Liam Neeson sounds great. All the casting's him. good. Oh, yeah, but I looked it up actually, and he's not voiced by a voice actor in Japanese either. He's, he's voiced, voiced by, by a com- famous like a famous comedian. Yeah, who yeah. also voices Buzz Lightyear, but that's like in Japanese dub. <laughs> sure, it's cool. I love when they do. Like you look at some anime character and they they and they, they did the dub voice of Captain America in <laughs> Avengers, and it's like oh that's weird, but. No, Fujimoto. So what I love about this, these early scenes of Fujimoto, I suppose that's a little later, is it's never they never linger on what he's doing, <laughs> what he's, he's talking just, about. <laughs> he just kind of does stuff, does and says, and things. like he has these elixirs, and he's like, "You crabs can't handle these elixirs," and it's like, okay, <laughs> and later the fish can't handle the elixirs and they go about that like they talk like that's a, a point they make in the movie but when the crabs come in to get the elixirs he goes oh my crab shields must be weakening at least in the version that i saw it might, it might they might have not have kept that in but he just refers to those little barriers on his windows as crab shields and says that they're weakening and they never really they don't need to explain that i get it <laughs> the crab shields are that's weakening and the crabs, crabs are in i guess so and it's like, it's just that sort of like, would it make the movie better if they explained it? No. So why, let's just be whimsical. Let's just do a whimsical little weird tech. Who cares? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for whimsy. whimsy. I could use a little bit maybe about his motivation because at some point, like when he's dicking around with his potions and elixirs, he's like, it sounds like his plan is I'm going to end humanity and return the earth to the ocean. But then later on, <laughs> he's trying to stop that from happening. So maybe his glowing wife talks in a slant sense in a his big glowing. Yeah, wife. he does have a giant, a giant woman. <laughs> giant wife. It, it feels like he doesn't really. I don't think they're married. I think he, first off, it could be an ex-husband. <laughs> they definitely have a lot of fish kids, so there's they know each other. Yeah, but she's probably bopping around. She's probably got. Baby daddy's all over the place. I don't know about that. But she doesn't have time to... She's got a whole ocean to take her. She <laughs> doesn't have really time talk, to watch these really kids. They talk often enough for yeah. to really know what's going on. But he, he's Ponyo's dad and she's Ponyo's mom. So that's all that really... That's all you need to know. ...matters for the movie. But he... At the beginning, he says, like, that he detests humankind for making the oceans look bad. Which is, like, even... Well, even when Ponyo's swimming and all that trash gets picked up by the boat, like... It's a wonderfully animated sequence, and they somehow make, like, garbage at the bottom of the ocean not look too disgusting. Like, it's like, oh, that's a silly little cartoon can. Like, I'm not, like, this is so gross. Well, like, and when Fujimoto's up with his bubble, he's getting hit by, like, 
yeah he, hit he by junk hit by junk and his bubble pops whenever he comes up and it's always funny yeah there's definitely some environmental yeah, issues being talked about a bit mad, kind of in the background not not hitting you over the head with it yeah he's got a bunch of little goldfish children i mean they say goldfish I don't, how anyone is mistaking these for i know it's a whimsical thing but <laughs> yeah like when Sosuke finds ponyo and is like oh it's a goldfish no it's sir no it's not when he says it, goldfish like, don't look like that i'm like oh he's a little boy whatever he's just <laughs> that mistaken. is a semi-human face and then like a red dress looking body like that's a gold that's, that's not a goldfish another thing that also doesn't make sense in japanese either because uh, goldfish they go Ginyo. yeah they say the goldfish. is gold like physical gold so huh. they, they say uh, goldfish out loud either. so that's not like a, a translation thing but no like sosuke picks up ponyo and is like it's a goldfish and i'm like okay He's a little boy, whatever. And then Lisa comes down and is like, where do you get that goldfish? And I'm like, oh, okay. They think it's a goldfish, too. Everybody <laughs> just recognizes this is a goldfish. Well, and it's also part of the, again, the whimsy and the, you know. Yeah. We don't want it to be scary at all. But Lisa's immediate acceptance of what is happening is wild to me. I think it, <laughs> I think it makes them, I love, I love it. I think the whole movie has this, just this air of like, kids like the 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 kids joy and magic of just the magic of being a child and a child's view of things i think is really accentuated by the parents and adults just like immediately believing whatever the kids are saying and it seems silly in the moment but it's like when they pull up to that boat with the little family on it and she's like i used to be a fish they're like oh like they just nod and they're like yes oh you used to be a kids fish. say kids just say stuff Either because they're going, yep, kids being kids, or because they just are like... Trust them. Tr- they just trust the kids, and they, they obviously trust that something magical is going on, because there's the whole world is flooding <laughs> and the moon's coming down. So they're like, okay, I guess she used to be a fish. Whatever. Well, see, that I kind of took as just like, yeah, a kid says something. The kid says, I wrestled a bear yesterday. You're like, okay, kid. Sure you did. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, they dreamed about it or whatever. But I mean more of like... There's an abandoned child at your doorstep that your kid is saying is the goldfish he lost. And she's like, yep, cool. Let's have a sleepover and make tea. Like, no, no, no. I have follow-up questions. Yeah. Or even like his dad out on the boat is seeing some shit that like you should be <laughs> you should be screaming your entire way to an insane asylum when you see this stuff. They did scared about it, at least in the performance <laughs> for, the, for the Japanese performance. He's like... Ship graveyard, and it's like so grim, like the way he talks about it. Yeah, they don't use the word graveyard in the dub oh, that I remember. They call it's, it the, it's a wall of ships, like yeah, they say <laughs> ship graveyard, and they say and it's like they see a bunch of lights on the horizon, and they say, "Are we in America?" Yeah, because which they probably kind which of the dub. caught me off guard because I hadn't considered the fact that our light pollution is just that bad that that's normal to see. They did. They say China in the dub. What? What? In the dub, they say, "Is that China?" I suppose that would but make sense for both spe- Japan and America. No, that wouldn't make any no, sense. No, it's a for specific America. note about light pollution. Because the whole movie is about our, pollution. Really. Our horizons do look like that, <laughs> and they don't in Japan. Because especially not China where might have a similar problem. So yeah. maybe that makes sense. But it's just weird to change it at all, unless it's like the dub crew being like, 
Well, we don't want to point okay, out but that it's, it's not, not like, in America. Maybe these little islands that they're on, but you can't. It's not like Tokyo isn't lit up like a Christmas tree. It is. Tree. Well, like, yeah, I don't know. It's not like Japan doesn't have light pollution. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Stone Ages. Ages? Yeah. Stone Age. Ponyo is voiced by Noah Cyrus, which for me automatically makes this the number one contribution to culture by a Cyrus. Yeah, I don't know if I can argue <laughs> with that. I don't know enough about Miley Cyrus's career to say anything. Uh, I don't care about her dad. Billy Ray is on the NAS X That song. Old Town Road song. I think that song Which is, is a okay. pretty good gimmick song. But I like Ponyo <laughs> a bit more than Old Town Road. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, I love how country musicians who have, you know, historically been washed up. Huge per- no, huge purveyors of uh, and catering to racism have suddenly decided that like, oh yeah, we can just co-op hip hop now, right? That's cool. Yeah. No, not with me. It's not. <laughs> not with me. It's not. Anyway, he's only, only guest starring on that song. So but yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't. <laughs> Whatever. Don't give a rat's ass Cyrus about is. Miley Cyrus or anything. I'm just saying that. You know, in the grand scheme of things, what have they contributed to society? I would say being the American voice of Ponyo is better than anything any of the rest of them have ever done. For me. For me personally? Yeah, probably. Same with Frankie Jonas, I would say. I would say to me, Frankie Jonas would be the best Jonas brother because he was in Ponyo and the other ones, what were they in? Camp Rock? I don't care about Camp Rock. Yeah, he's considered the bonus Jonas. And Which I... one of them were in Ponyo? That's right. Only the bonus Jonas. <laughs> Not Kevin. So he's a Not number one Jonas team. to me. Yeah, Ponyo is napping on a jellyfish and it takes her up to the surface. No, she gives, she gives, on her way out, she gives a little fishy, a little kiss. She gives all her little sisters a little kiss. And, and I was like, it's just so cute. <laughs> I was just like, no way. Oh, all to say there about that. That doesn't progress the plot at all. That's she just, just goes, awesome. She's just for all of them and it's leaves. cute. <laughs> Well, and it's also because he's all. This is also Miyazaki doing his kind of strange version of the Little Mermaid story, which would make this the second version of the Little Mermaid I've done on this show. See previous episode, the Lure. Uh, this one's a lot more family friendly than that one, but maybe equally as good. God, I love the Lure; it's so good. <laughs> yeah, she almost gets got by like a trash trawler. That's or is it just? I guess it's not. At first, I thought it was a boat with a net that is picking up trash, but it's not that. It's just it's a it's regular fishing trawler, fish but it happens to be picking up trash because there's so much of it. Yeah. And that sequence, I think, like, is sort of frightening. Like, I mean, like, I'm not, like, shivering on my boots here, but, like, it cuts to, from Ponyo to the net to the little fan. Like, she's worried about getting cut up by it, and it keeps cutting between these things, and it's sort of stressful for... Nothing else in the movie being like that at all. Yeah, but it never feels menacing the way that like, because I was just thinking Finding Nemo has a very similar yeah. moment in it. Which was first? I think Nemo. Nemo's Nemo. Nemo. like building four or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I it would have been. younger seeing Nemo rather than Ponyo. But Nemo has a similar kind of thing that is meant to be like, oh no, danger. I don't, I don't know. I never really feel like Ponyo's in danger here. <laughs> It's just yeah, like, I was never really worried that. Never worried that like, is Ponyo really gonna get chopped up? Not because I've seen the movie, but because I've. <laughs> come on. I forgot to mention that that opening, of everything in the ocean moving that looks so cool. I saw a thing. My numbers might be off, but it was something like sixteen thousand pages of sketches and pre-production stuff to get all the details of that. Well, I don't know. I didn't. I think see I read that on the like IMDb that. trivia. 
Uh, it might have been hand drawn. That's like, a lot. Like frame by frame. But I mean, like for that intro. concept yeah. sketches, storyboards, oh, everything leading up to the actual animations. But sixteen thousand pages—that's yeah. a lot. The animation, but it shows the the style of the movie is pretty simple. But there's just a lot of moving parts for each. Because I imagine the storyboards for the movie would be really simple, of just like. Because you can do whole sequences of the movie in and, and storyboard form really quickly because there's not a lot of... It'll sit on a shot and the characters will move in the shot, but they'll be doing a lot in the one board, I would... Well, that's assume. the other thing I haven't known about is that the back... Anything that isn't moving, like the backgrounds, all look like it's like colored pencil drawings. Sometimes, They're yeah. very sort of... Like their house... The, yeah, any you know, wide shot of the house will be all... And it looks like colored colors. pencils, and it's really cool, but then you have the characters moving on top of that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Sosuke is a little boy. He's five. He finds what he thinks is a goldfish who licks the blood off his finger. Yeah, she gets some human blood, and it makes her want to be human. I think that's more of a sort of allegorical thing of, like, if we need a literal magic explanation, it's because she had some blood, but it's literally because she just wants to live. See, because as her people. her friend has she noticed that her friend has a lot of autonomy and she wanted that, some yeah. and hands. <laughs> she wants hands, but she mostly wants the freedom to just do what she wants. I would say, and then the blood is just sort of the magic MacGuffin sort of way of like, oh, that's the reason things are going weird because you did blood, you can't just magically be people unless you get some people dna <laughs> but before he has her in the bucket where she heals the wound uh he's quite bad at getting things out of jars because he finds her her head stuck in a jar <laughs> gonna drown because of the trash jar he smacks the he bottom just smashes of the it jar. with a rock no he, sma- he smacks the bottom to try to knock her out and he tries doesn't pulling her out sense. and it doesn't work so he puts it on the ground <laughs> and hits it with a rock which it's quite dangerous for her, I assume. Uh, it's beautifully animated. Though. The way the glass <laughs> falls off her, like, it's crazy. But why did he do that? Also bad at noticing even Because you need him to cut his finger. Yeah, that's yeah, true, That's one reason. Yeah, his mom is Lisa, voiced by Tina Fey in the version sure. most people will watch. Yeah, I love Lisa. She seems like a single mom at first, but we find out, you know, his dad is... Matt Damon and he's out on a boat. Distant. I forgot it's Matt Damon because he's he's not, <laughs> like a, he's four, not in the movie. Much. It's like four lines of dialogue. He's in like the Navy and he's always out on things. He's like the captain of a boat. Getting Matt Damon for his like four lines of dialogue. <laughs> well, he also was in Mononoke, right? I believe. Oh, he so. might have been. Yeah, I think that might be the connection. Is like we've done one of these before. Come there was back. someone cool in Nazca. I forgot who it was. Was it Brian Cranston? Maybe. Brian Cranston has done anime dubs before. He was in Macross Plus. And that's cool. It's just cool. But she, she drives like a lunatic, which comes in handy later. But at first, it. it's just like, wow, this is dangerous stuff. <laughs> that's I mean, she also, the way it's shown is really cool. The way the car is driven. Yeah, so Sosuke loves that. Sosuke has Ponyo in a bucket, thinking it's a goldfish. Has brought her in the car because she's got a take him to work with it they go by his, he's supposed to go to school the the school and nursery are right next to each other so he's dropped off at school and he's got ponyo at the school and the girl is there the little girl is there and she's got a brand new dress and everything but he leaves school because like of what happens with the girl and walks 
like across the street to the nursery where his mom works. So it's just like, and later in the movie when it's well, n- all nursing home, nursing home. What did I say? Nursery, nursery, which yeah, is either for trees home. or babies. Yeah, I went the <laughs> way, long way before they go to school. Fujimoto comes out of the water and he's got. That's his, what I was going to say. Is that he's got. Yeah, she thinks he's spraying weed he's killer around, but it's just he's spraying water on himself because he needs to stay hydrated. Being he a, used to be human, and now he is a fish man. I guess. I guess it's cool. that's what he says. He says, "I used to be human." No, I hate humans. It could be meta. It could be out. Like, he could just but he be... does need water to live, and he does. <laughs> he does. He does need to stay wet. Kind of gills. I almost interpreted it as but like he has air when he's underwater. He's got the bubble on his head. That's the thing. He has it's air true. inside his ship, not water. So I kind of interpreted it as he just cast aside his human life. Like he likes to think he needs water. He's still connected to the Maybe, ocean that he yeah. doesn't actually need <laughs> to be like wet all the time. Kooky. And that makes him his ear. About. I think that's yeah. great. But. She's not. She yells at him, and because she's got a weird man's brain. And long. they drive off. And then I love the line she says to Pond. She's like, "God, did you see that freak show?" Yeah. And then she says to him, "She says, hey, don't call people freak show. <laughs> like we don't judge people by how they look. <laughs> like a real do she as I yeah, say and not as I do." Herself on it. Sasuke has a sandwich he's taking with him, which Ponyo. Will not eat the bread from, but will eat the ham. So this is a meat eater. This is like, especially now that she's had blood, she's got the taste for human blood. This she, could go a whole other way. But Ponyo loves ham, which it's cute. You it's will a know. Thing. My children know. Uh, we have for sure around the holidays, around Christmas, we have Christmas ham, and during the preparation of and consumption of that ham, I will it's be running around the house screaming, "Ponyo loves ham." Though. Watching it this time, I realized I think I've been misquoting this entire time because I don't think she ever says Ponyo loves ham. I think she only says Ponyo wants ham. Or just ham. She just or just runs through him, ham, which I also do. Oh, but later in the movie, <laughs> Sosuke's talking to Lisa and he says, he says she's crazy about ham. Like, that's the yeah. quote. She's crazy Sosuke about says, ham. She's crazy about ham. <laughs> and, so, and Lisa's just like, oh, yeah, cool. I guess so she puts ham, ham in the ramen, and it's. And nice. I think in the dub, I think he says, "Ponyo love." She loves ham, and she does say, "Ponyo love." Ponyo loves Sosuke, but I don't think it's she ever to, actually says, "Ponyo loves ham." It's easy I think to she says, "Ponyo wants ham," and the, I've been missaying it. The reference gets across, yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> the way he rips the ham with his mouth is crazy, though. Why does he do it like that? He pulls it out of the sandwich with his mouth. Like, grabs it, he puts the sandwich down, grabs it, and, like, rips the thing and gives her the part that comes out of his mouth. Well, that, that was his plan, but then she jumps up and grabs the rest of it. Right, he's, yeah. He's baby burden it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he <laughs> ripped off the bread with his hands, but then the ham he's got to do with his mouth. Maybe because he's got... It looked like a pretty thick fingers. piece of ham. Yeah. yeah. He needed to bring the teeth into it. Yeah, Ponyo's got a real thing about squirting people in the face. There's this girl at school, Kumiko, who... Yeah, gets squirted in the face, and she's not happy about it, so he runs away and goes back to the nursing home where Lisa works and just hangs out there. I guess you can just skip school if you feel like it. <laughs> but there's three old ladies. It's Toshi, Toki, and Nariko. It's listed. It's listed. He That's what he calls her is Nariko. But she's listed on IMDb as some other name that I crossed out. But they're voiced by Betty White, Lily Tomlin, and Cloris Leachman in the American version or in the dub. Famous old ladies. Famous old ladies. Okay. One of whom is still alive. I think about when 
Lisa drops Sosuke off. She goes, ask the teachers about the fish to see if you can have the fish with you. And he doesn't. Does not. And he, that's why he gets in trouble and has to leave. Is because he yeah, doesn't he, ask he about the fish. He goes and hides her in the bush. Hides Ponyo. And then immediately leaves class. The second class starts to go check up on Ponyo. Because he's not worried about school I imagine, right now. based on how Ponyo. they are in the rest of the movie, that the adults would have been cool with Ponyo. And none <laughs> of this would have had to happen. Yeah, based on the, <laughs> the easy acceptance from all of the movie, I think they would have been like, yeah, he, she can actually be a student in our class. The fish version <laughs> but if you were to have asked like she said in my notes it says mom told you to ask about the fish so it's gay and kubiko has a cute line she goes uh she when sosuke's about to go check on ponyo uh kumiko's like saying like you want to hang out with us Sosuke?" and he's like oh nope, yeah i'm busy and he's like look he's like standing there all shy and she goes you're not busy you're five <laughs> yeah that's good yeah then we get Pony loves Sosuke. He's got her down by the water again. Why is he down by the? I think the old ladies are like, go, go run around outside. Because he takes her down by the beach again, and that's where he... Fujimoto comes up and steals her back. Ponyo sprays the meanest. Oh, old he lady. sprays the old lady too. And yeah. so he runs out because they're mad at him. He goes by the the ocean just because that's where he hangs out. And then Fujimoto comes up and steals Ponyo. Yeah, he's got water that has eyes on it that he can control. <laughs> he just drops little slugs and they grow big and they don't need to talk about it. It's cool. It's a real Miyazaki vibe. So yeah, now he has lost Ponyo and he's very, very sad about it. At least and he's trying ice to... ice cream is sad too. Like he gets ice cream and the ice cream is drawn like this sad <laughs> His eyes are like way smaller. Like, he looks so sad. I don't know how they make him so expressively sad about it. That's really cool. Like the kid kind of sad where they're just like just really, qu- about it. <laughs> really, really quiet and like just like <sighs> he doesn't have any fun things to say to his mom on the drive home. Like he's just it's just like where's my fish? His ice cream is droopy. Well, he's recovered a bit by that night when dad because dad is supposed to call Lisa. He's out. He's going to be out in the bay or whatever. You know, he go going by on his route and they're supposed mm-hmm. to call, talk on the radio and. When they get through, Dad has the bad news of, like, I'm not coming. He's supposed to come home tonight. I'm not coming home tonight after all. I took an extra, like, four-day run or something. So maybe it's not military. Maybe it is just, like, some kind of commercial. Sea captain, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fishing. Because it looks he like a military-type uniform. He has to take someone else's fishing route. I he think says he there's says. a lot of them. There's a lot of fish. So he yeah, has like, to go they out. caught a lot of fish, so they have a lot of, like, cleaning of the fish to do. Yeah. I assume. And, and the fish is really big. <laughs> Ponyo's pretty cool with it. Lisa, not cool with it. They are now having a fight. She is not going to talk to him. <laughs> she doesn't care. Ponyo, or not Ponyo, Sosuke and Dad have a cool thing where when he goes by, they signal with like the signal light thing. They use and she wants stuff. nothing to do with it. You tell him. Or she comes out and puts buzz off. Or yeah, buzz off, buzz off, buzz is off. Is that how they translate it? Yeah. Buzz off. In Japanese, it's Morse code for B-A-K-A, B-A-K-A. Yeah. Over and it over. comes up. Like, not like the regular subtitles, but it comes up on the screen. Buzz off, buzz off, buzz off. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, she she's not pleased. You wonder if this happens a lot, probably. Yeah, she's pretty upset about it. I love the performance there. Like, animation-wise, of just, like, she's so expressive in how mad she is. Like, she throws the thing down and, like, the leaves go up and she rips the apron off. Like, just the way they, they draw her mad is, like, so expressive. There's it's a lot like of she's that. She's really sick of it. Even just as simple as, like, when she's carrying the 
armloads of groceries and she has to like open the door with her foot and like prop the door open like she's trying to navigate that yeah there's so like it looks like such a like it's those little minute details of like day-to-day human life that you usually don't see drawn in a cartoon yeah just a crazy way to just intricately detail mundane yeah activities we learn that Ponyo's name is not Ponyo, it's Brunhilde, Brunhilde. which is such a weird, like... It's like, it's the sort of name that your, that like, Fujimoto would come weird, kooky old man would give you, and then, like, if you had a crazy, kooky old dad who was, like, a... Yeah, and maybe this is... Ocean and maybe this is a weird ocean, man. Maybe this is a cultural thing, too, because there's such a strange collection of... Because most of the characters have, like, Japanese what you would say names, Japanese yeah. names. But then Lisa is just Lisa. Lisa, Lisa is a Japanese name. Yeah, Lisa is a it, common Japanese in both. name too. That's why it makes it makes sense okay. to be there. There's a lot of Japanese people named Lisa. But then, yeah, then Brunhilde is like that's like <laughs> German. I wish and whatever Brunhilde. whatever Ponyo's mom's name is too. Like she has some crazy Grandma Mare. Yeah, yeah. like some crazy fish or, name. <laughs> Grandma Mamare. Something, something. I don't know. Yes, yeah, Gran Grandma Mare or Mamare. Yeah, something like that. I have a note about the Brunhilde name. So in that scene, he calls her Brunhilde and is like, go down, Brunhilde, and tries to shrink her down. And, but she goes, I'm Ponyo. My name's Ponyo now, sort of. And he's like... And, he's, and the, in the very next scene, in the subtitle specifically, not in the dub, this is the biggest thing that the dub changes that makes me upset. And I think it makes his character worse. In the next scene where he's talking to Grandma Mare out on the boat, he, with Ponyo not even in the room, to Grandma Mare, calls her Ponyo. Like, he immediately, with her not even there, accepts her new name Ponyo. As she said her name's Ponyo now, her name's Ponyo. And in the dub, I saw clips from later on in the movie, He they add extra scenes where he says Brunhilda more. He kind of uses both. Of, I know what you're talking about. There is a scene when he's talking to Ponyo's They mom. had to keep that one because... He calls her Ponyo. Because she goes, she oh, goes, Ponyo, what a beautiful nice name. name. I suppose. So then Ponyo the re- is the onomatopoeia for, like, touching a bouncy thing. Like, Ponyo. Oh, okay. That's Yeah, fun. like, touching something soft or bouncy. Because <laughs> hmm. um, that's what she is. She's a soft little, bouncy little thing. But yeah, there's, in the, in the Japanese... There is no point in which he says Brunhilde again. And I really appreciated that for that character of like, it really reads to me that he is a character that does just want to understand what's going on with Ponyo and wants to accept whatever Ponyo wants to do. But the specific thing that Ponyo wants to do in the way she's doing it is going to destroy the planet. So he's like, we need to fix this first and then I'm going to accept whatever you want to do. Just like... Even once he figures out, like, and he gets talking with Ponyo and figures out how to make Ponyo do it the way he needs it to happen, he's even like, it's fine if you go live as a human, if I'm just a little worried about you and a little worried about the planet, but I want to understand and I want to let you be you. And it goes, the whole individuality thing that goes with Sosuke, and I I just, I love that. And the dub adding a little more Renhilda's is like... Ah, that sucks. But it's that's <laughs> still such a minor. Yeah, it does make addition. him seem a little more v- villainous. Like, yeah, like dead. Especially or... since we don't know what. Like, why? Wants. Why is her being on land and being, you know, 
wanting to be a human? Why is that throwing the entire planet out of balance? It's because like, she took all the potions. She dumped yeah. all the potions into the thing and like took it all. And like ran yeah, out. She has all the magic. She was like, if I take all the magic, then it's fine. I can go be a but human. But if she's loved and accepted, that'll stop. Like it's but real. It's, but it's real. It's fairy tale stuff. You know? The magic yeah. of human love can turn her into a person. But she w- she was trying to do it without that and just like. Yeah, if Sosuke's love <laughs> is real, the magic and leave. she can naturally become human through human love magic. But she, it's right now she's becoming human through all of these elixirs mixed in a potion thing. <laughs> and that is bad. Because she's bringing the moon down or something. And eating his blood. And, yeah. yeah. But yeah, she grows chicken hands and feet. Like, they're not... I hate it. <laughs> she yeah, looks I real The frog weird. mode, I hate it with all of it. Yes. I, think it's, I think it's just so cute. She's got like a froggy face and chicken arms and legs. Like it's her trying to mimic humanity without right and not quite nailing it. But yeah, she drinks all of his potions. <laughs> the, no, the little he starts drinking. He's like, she's too powerful for me. I need to I gotta go drink. Some Why lectures. is she more powerful than all the other sisters? I don't know. I don't but know. She's just she like just that. was bigger she's at just the beginning. Special. I don't know. They never really but yeah, he's drinking all these older. potions to like amp up his magic so that he can like tamp her mm. back down. And then keep her in an orb. It's an audio medium, so they can't see me crushing her down yeah. with my hands. I'm doing the motion that he does. Um, but it doesn't last too long because she floods the ship and escapes. <laughs> yeah, and drinks all the potions because she can like open the windows and stuff, and she just, she just lets all wa- all the water in, into the submarine. And I love it's, it's, it's probably this, gone. It's one of no, two. It's one of two moments in the entire movie where an adult says that a kid can't do what they want. And it immediately blows up in his ship. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is worse than before. Uh, the door to the potion room also says Pangea in big letters. And I just thought that was funny. It's funny. I don't know <laughs> yeah, why. And it, it says like that. 1908 or 1960. He, he's like, about... this potion is from the like, Devonian, this magic gathered the Devonian from the age. Devonian age. Which is where the fish come from, too. I yeah, but that's like ancient, age. ancient. But some of the bottles have like years on them, like nineteen fifty something. Like they've yeah. been like, gathering this magic for a long time. That's, why that's when, probably why yeah. it's a really big deal when she blows when it all up, screws it up. Yeah. But the well, yeah, she dumps all the potions in this well, which makes her fully human, but also is messing some messing stuff up because now the moon is getting too close to the Earth and the messing tides up the tides. I think it's because she's bringing the tides up when she comes up. With all her little fishies. Yeah, because yeah. all the little fishies. All on her side. <laughs> big water fish. Well, because she loves them. That's what they establish. She yeah, gives them true. little kisses and she leaves. <laughs> so they're obviously going to be best friends and she's going to help them whenever she can. Except her sister fish nearly kills Sosuke's dad. Yeah, by accident. They save all those ships. That's the thing that I like yeah, they about hold the ship, them up the ship graveyard scene is that they there's all knock. those ships there, but all yeah. the people are still on them. But it's, it still does but she seem almost really capsized dangerous. their boat. Like... <laughs> Nearly capsizes it. But they, they don't. Are, they so are cool. little babies, so it's hard. And to then Ponyo is running on top of the water, which is very cool. That whole sequence, just like jumping between them, it's yeah. There's like all these crazy waves that are actually fish that are actually waves, and she's just running on the top of it with her little dress fluttering in the wind and her and chasing she's the car. Like, yeah, she's like when you look outside the car and you imagine somebody yeah. walking yeah. on the water. Like, yeah, on the power lines. Yeah, yeah. And Sosuke is <laughs> trying to say like, there's a little. <laughs> he tells Lisa. Because they're driving back, like, like, and she's like, "I don't want." Well, die he doesn't recognize flight. that it's Pony. Pony. He says, "There's a little girl yeah. out there," and she's like, "What are you talking about?" And she slams on her brakes, and she's gonna go help. Sosuke almost gets lifted by the wind because a crazy storm <laughs> so is happening, out. and she catches him, and it's wonderful. The shot is so good of just like. I mean, I don't know away. that the wind is powerful enough to lift a five year old off his feet, can, <laughs> but it's a tsunami and hold like him that. in the air. It's tsunami wind, but 
He's but whatever. Small. It's he doesn't weigh much. whatever. It's fun. <laughs> it's a cool. Shot yeah, she catches night. him and saves him from falling into the ocean, and they barely escape this tidal wave that's chasing him down the road because it's like all these little their house is on a little island kind of by itself that's connected by the road to where the senior center is and the school there's these little dots of islands yeah which are all underwater they're not islands at some point to a degree that i i don't know how anyone survived this because the the road is so far underwater yeah but there's a lot of we're not but they really live on a house up on the hill that's almost like a lighthouse for there isn't an actual lighthouse there but ships can see it you know and she says to him that like our house is like a beacon you know because it's up so high and it has that thingy that like shines like flashlights off of it yeah yeah and they have the antenna and everything uh, a more dutiful podcast you guys probably would have looked into if this is intentional but i i wonder if the ponyo coming up out of the water up onto their cliff house is meant to resemble the like folk story of the koi fish that goes Passing up the, gate up the waterfall, up the gate, and becoming a dragon. Like, because it's meant to represent like change or evolution. Yeah, I, I mean, wonder if her climbing up the mountain on top of water as a fish and then changing into something is supposed to resemble that story. But I don't. I, I don't know. Sure. I'd have to ask him. Could be it's something to see. But yeah, they they narrowly escape this wave that's chasing them down the road but it's ponyo chasing them like that's the only reason a wave is chasing them is because ponyo's trying <laughs> to catch the, them the reason that they never get hit is because ponyo isn't trying to hit right. them she's just trying to catch up but they get up they get all the way up to the house in the driveway and they look back and there's this yeah there's this little girl just standing in the road and lisa's like what the hell like, let's, <laughs> let's help this kid yeah let's help this where this kid come from you're right there was a kid out in the water i guess and now here she is in our yard and ponyo comes right it's so it's the best. It's Ponyo comes cool. running up it's... and jumps on like like you like you just picked your wife up at the airport and you haven't seen her in three months. Like she runs and jumps on him. She's rubbing like rubbing her face on his face. They, they like, both have like red marks on their face from how hard she's just rubbing. It's like it's so And good. it takes him a second but he recognizes that like Oh shit, it's Ponyo. Yeah, they like, have this somehow my fish is a girl. They have this scene where they're just looking at each other and Ponyo hasn't said anything yet and Silsky's just looking and like the way they animate him realizing it and being like no and then being like yes it is Ponyo is so crazy. It must be Ponyo I guess. Like the expressiveness like, and how they portray yeah. him figuring it out is nuts. Like I don't know how they even made that work. That's a master at work is what that yeah. is. Uh, so they're reunited, and Lisa, yeah, Lisa's real mellow. Like once this kid is saved, and he's like, "Oh, this girl's my goldfish." She's like, "Cool, let's go." It's just to the as, house. As, like as if he invited a friend over. It also feels very much like the we're in the child like perspective in mind right now. Like because Lisa doesn't want Sosuke freaking out. Like she doesn't want him. There's a tsunami to right think now. There's a tsunami and everybody's dying. So she's really calm about it exteriorly. Yeah. She could be thinking, where are her parents? I should probably find out who her parents are and call them. But, but she, she's not going to go up more... to Sosuke and be like, are, are you thinking about all these bad things? But so she also just... never even asked Ponyo, like, why are you here by yourself? Who are you, where's your mom and dad? They do talk about their parents, though. Yeah. And yeah, she, that's she says, like, he's a kooky old wizard, and she's a giant... My mom's giant and beautiful, woman. but she can be scary sometimes. And Sosuke's like, like, yeah, mine mom. too. She's like, <laughs> 
And she just thinks that's funny, and I think that's great. Because they could have done a cheap, like, how could you say that? But she's like, ah, my kid's being funny. That's such a wonderful thing my kid just yeah, said. Yeah, she just and rolls like, with it. So I hate to, oh, I don't hate it, but I'm always bringing up Bluey. But you, people, <laughs> yeah. you need to understand, everyone, how much Bluey I watch every day. Because I have a toddler. Also, it's the best show on TV. And I've seen, it's, there's no other show that I could see every episode nine times and not get tired of it. Anyway, yeah. there's a real thing in Bluey where everyone surrounding them just goes along with their shenanigans. Like, they have learned, they know they know how the kids are, they know how the parents are, and they just go along with things. Because they'll be, like, if they're walking down the street and they come across Bandit pretending to be a baby because the kids are having to pretend to be a baby, the other adults... <laughs> For the most part, pretend to be a baby just play along with it instantly, like instantaneously. There's no, rarely ever a moment where they're like, "What is this?" Oh, okay. And it's usually like their uncle or whatever. <laughs> no, their neighbor, like Lucky's dad, the neighbor. There's in in Magic Xyl- or not Magic Xylophone in uh, Magic Asparagus when the, when Bingo is turning everybody into different animals and Chili and Bluey are turned into lions and they like come over the fence and like tackle Lucky's dad but he's just he just plays along like he's never like what is happening why are you doing this you weirdos he's always just like oh no there's lions attacking me like he instantly knows to just go along with it because it's such a just everyone knows yeah and Ponyo definitely has that and I think that's something that just like Miyazaki specifically but also I think just uh, seemingly Japanese stuff in general has this the a lot of Japanese stuff I've seen doesn't focus too hard on over explaining things and usually if they want to do a concept they're not going to sit there and be like are you okay with us doing this concept they're just like this is what we want to do and this is what we're going to do it and so the movie the movie has a lot of that just like this is the magic we're working with you can figure out how it works or you can just watch and be fine like you don't need to overthink how the magic just works. come on a ride and just us. yeah just come with and it's, Be it's charmed. Great. Have this cool thing like and and Susuke, It doesn't matter why the world is coming. It might end. Like you don't have to think about it. But if what you, do, you care about is Ponyo and Sosuke. If you do think about it, it's all there. You can make sense of it. But you don't need to know that at all for the movie to work. I completely forgot from when watching it. Well, I watched it when I was like, no, we 12 watched it only last. a few years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that. But I didn't remember that the world was close to ending when because it's almost secondary to the like specific journey of Sosuke and Ponyo meeting each other and f- trying to find their mom, that the world ending is almost unimportant to what you're worried about in the movie. You want them to go find Lisa. That's what you care about. The world coming to an end, you forget, is happening until Fujimoto points at the moon and it's huge. I guess we should summarize the movie. When they wake up, Lisa's gone. Yes. Well, well, even explains. before that, yeah, she's super mellow. She's making him ramen with ham in it because he knows that Ponyo loves ham. Boom. And Ponyo <laughs> is running around the house and hopping across the sofa cushion. It's like, wonderful the way they just the way she it's, jumps. It's animated so well. Yeah, she's just a little hopping crazy kid who's very bad at ramen. She crushes it. <laughs> she up. doesn't know how to she do anything. Know how to it's do just funny how bad. She, like, how do you? Even... <laughs> she runs into the glass when she walks in. She yeah. walks in and she hits her head on the glass. She doesn't know what a window is. Before. Well, it's but she just, does because she cut open the window on the submarine, but whatever. It's a big window. <laughs> Doesn't have and she has feet fingers. 
Yeah, her feet. She's not entirely sure how feet work, so she just assumes that they're she, like hands. She and grows hands. feet that work like hands because she's just like that's that's the, probably how they work. Like but that. again, and Ponyo's like, "Wow, that's crazy!" And Lisa's like, "Mm-hmm." Lisa's <laughs> well, not like, Lisa, "Oh my god, what a freak!" <laughs> Lisa never really like sees it. Sosuke and Ponyo are doing it. They're and already they, holding feet. They kind of stop over. when Lisa comes up and. So oh, he says, like, look, she has feet hands. Yeah, look, mom. Her. And she's like, that's great. Can we drink our tea? <laughs> so they do. Yeah, and they're calling dad to make sure he's okay, making noodles. And then, yeah, Lisa needs to go. She's looking outside and like, oh, that island over there is where the senior center is. And it looks like it might be underwater. I should probably go. She says someone is moving out there. Yeah, there's a light over there. She's trying to figure out if everybody's so safe. She needs to go check on the seniors hoping that the road is no longer underwater and it, it and doesn't it appear to be when she leaves the way they do the puddles is really cool like there are just parts of the road that are lower and that it yeah she but she, and also puddles. she does not have a car for this this is <laughs> oh she's a buggy kind of <laughs> she's got like no but it looks like a little like a prius or something yeah. like it's not a four-wheel <laughs> drive truck her machine driving it, through puddles tiny so she's real brave and crazy dad out on the boat sees the moon super close and the wall of ships that they yeah they think they're wondering if it's china and then ponyo's mom this gigantic glowing woman like goes under the (laughs) ship and turns all the like all the water fish turn into gold it's like raining gold which looks really cool and and all the ships start working again like she fixes all the ships just because she's a goddess she's she's like like, it's cool oh it's fine sorry guys i'll fix your (laughs) ships this is kind of my my kid messes up (laughs) yeah and you gotta you gotta just go with the whimsy because again my brain is going like you just saw you should be in a catatonic state on the, the fetal ball well, they are then the, yeah they like they freak see out it go and by like, and they're like think you gotta stink you gotta stink you gotta and like they all freak out i don't know how they go about that because i'm not sure if they would change it for like american they, they assume for, like, she's Christian like stuff they assume she's like a goddess yeah, they, no, assume, they don't. They don't, ever they don't change that. it, but they yeah. pray like this. They they pray like this, and they go, "Thank you, goddess." Like they just said, "This is a water goddess." Yeah, I suppose it's also maybe part of the how everyone's just super accepting of all the weird stuff that's happening. Is that in the world of this movie, it's unlike modern. I mean, there are plenty of people in modern Japan who yeah. still believe in gods and things like that. But it's also a modern country where a lot of people are like, "Well, that's all hogwash." But in the world of this movie, everyone is still like, well, yeah, of course there's gods. Yeah, there's a lot like, of... That's the god. Because there is. Because <laughs> there is, and there must be in this world more evidence that gods have been seen. Throughout this movie, gods are seen. <laughs> and people are losing their minds. And people are like, right. oh, a goddess. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's Grandma Mare, who's voiced by Kate Blanchett in full, like, uh, Galadriel mode. Like, it's real... She's, it almost could be just outtakes from Lord of the Rings. It's the same voice. First build on HBO Max just because she's so famous. Because it's Kate Blanchett. Because she's there. Which is also weird. Well, you're not going to put Neeson, Noah Cyrus first. Liam, Liam Neeson's at like the up, way bottom. He's in though. the movie a lot more. So, I don't know. Yeah, I do feel like Liam Neeson should be first. Liam build. Neeson does, is, he does voice act a lot. I he's keep a good voice actor. I keep seeing articles like Liam well, Neeson just, comes back to play Qui-Gon again. He which he's has done, a like, great voice. Yeah, he yeah. does. Like, every time I see an article, it's like, Liam Misa comes back to play Qui-Gon. And it's, he's done that like seven times now. I'm not impressed anymore. He did it in I'm Clone Wars. He, he did it in Tales of the Jedi. He did it in Obi-Wan. He did it. Well, now he says he's not going to do it anymore. So. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Because he's t- tired. Because he did it. Coming in, delivering one line going, Obi-Wan, thank you. Because <laughs> he died in his first appearance. <laughs> spoiling Phantom Menace. Hey, man, they want to keep. Sorry for the Phantom Menace. <laughs> they want to keep sending me a check to 
go in a booth and read three lines every six years is fine by me. But yeah, I would think the billing should be, I mean, if we're going by a combination of importance, like just <laughs> screen time dialogue, you know. Screen time to famous to fa- It should be Liam Neeson, <laughs> then Tina Fey, then, then Matt Blanchett. Damon, and then Kate Blanchett, I feel. Importance but, in the movie, Matt Damon would go down a few. I would toss Ponyo and Sosuke up a little higher, even above Matt Damon, just because he has three lines of dialogue in that movie. <laughs> but he does not say much. <laughs> yeah, but if you're looking at the thing, you'd rather people see the name Matt Damon That's than true. Frankie Jodas. <laughs> so look at the bottom of the list and go, Matt Damon? The bonus Jodas. They wake up, Lisa's gone. No, Lisa well, there's announces... Gra- Grandma Marin right, yeah, she left last is night. talking She's to not back. Fujimoto. Fujimoto. Yeah, and they say that if, if Sosuke's love for her is real, then balance will be restored and Ponyo gets to stay human. I'd, Otherwise, she'll turn into sea foam and I guess the moon will crash into the earth and kill everyone. It's or, bad news. No, no it's, she'll turn into sea foam, but the world will be saved anyway. Yeah, it's like, either magic Pon- will go away. It's either this spell doesn't work and Ponyo dies, or this this spell will save the world either way, but it's whether Ponyo dies or... And they both, oh, just, okay. they both just kind of look at each other and just trust Ponyo and Sosuke. Like, well, no, at Fujimoto, first, Fujimoto is like, what? They're five years old. They can't be. They don't know dating, love. But they like he doesn't. He doesn't get that it's like kid love, not like dating. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's not romantic love. It's like, that pure, tri- yeah, that pure child love of. And he like, ta- he takes a second to get that because he's like, what? They're five years old, and she's like, it's fine. They they are five years old. That's why it'll work. But yeah, they wake up, Lisa's gone, the water is literally at their door, and their house is elevated above everything else, so... And they do that shot where they both go underwater, and they see all these Devonian ancient fish. (laughs) Yeah, there's a bunch of crazy dinosaur fish. (laughs) So, Ponyo uses her magic to grow his... He has a toy boat that has, like, a little candle in it that makes it... It heats it up so that it squirts... I guess it sucks in water and squirts it out, and that makes the boat go. Yeah. And So, like... (laughs) rudimentary remote control boat the explanation of how the boat works is the longest explanation of anything in the movie by like five times which because miyazaki likes boats you can tell that in this movie miyazaki Miyazaki really likes boats and planes the way they draw boats and the way they draw planes is more detailed than anything else in the thing as goes with most anime honestly i just think anime directors seem to really like boats and planes there's all these intricate planes and well, Japan being islands, the year, I mean, sure there's no are, escaping yeah. boats. Like, boats is a big part of Japanese everything. So, But yeah, she grows it so that they can ride it. They're going to go look for Lisa. Yeah, there's prehistoric fish. They come across a couple with a baby who Ponyo gives up her. They have a thermos full of soup that she wants to give to the baby. This grumpy-ass fucking baby who just the looks like he hates everything. And Ponyo's mad about it. Yeah, Ponyo's mad that... The, but then the mom is like, this is not something you hear in a cartoon ever. Yeah. It's not like, a, it's, it's not a, explicit or anything, it's but like it's just. like a beauty of nature thing. It's crazy. She's like, but you can give me the soup and it will help me make milk for the baby because that's all the baby can drink. And so Ponyo's like, yeah, all right, that's fair. Deal. <laughs> Makes sense to me now that you put it that way. Deal. <laughs> Gives the mom the soup and then they leave and the baby instantly has a cold it did not have a minute ago. And snot is just pouring out of its face <laughs> and Ponyo runs back across the water. Skip, skip, skip. <laughs> And like snuggles this baby's face with her face and makes its cold go away. And then the baby's really happy. <laughs> yeah. Also, show. I think it's hilarious how quickly the town has resorted to piracy. <laughs> They're pirates. They're, They're out immediately like pirating boats, out. <laughs> like, all on. This is the They're boat not we have. Pirates. They have They've... like flags and stuff, and they're like 
in different the, yeah sects. the flags is pretty crazy <laughs> it's well just but a i cool think way that's to... just them having fun with it but yeah yeah, yeah everyone's but having a lot of what's, fun with that's not the like crazy part piracy. the crazy part is that no one has drowned they've managed to evacuate <laughs> everyone onto on these boats cause... everyone in town is on these boats and they're just gonna <laughs> hang out drive around these boats there. until the water goes back down not a single person in town owns a book anymore yeah and this is the part of the movie yeah, because you see underwater stuff, and this town is destroyed, man. Yeah. When this water goes back down, <laughs> they show the road. Everything's over. All the yeah. cars are floating underwater. Boats are floating oh, underwater. Houses under, are underwater. They show the boats that are tied to the to the docks up floating. Yeah. Like it's so it's good. very cool. This is also the only or the first part in the movie where they talk to an adult that isn't Sosuke's mom or the old ladies, and they say stuff to them, and they're like, "Yeah, cool." Yeah, so it's not just Lisa, it's not just the old ladies, it's everybody. Uh, I think, th- I put down, I love that the adults assume all the weird stuff the kids say is because kids are just like that and don't ask any questions. But then they see that magic is real when she fixes the baby. But what you're saying about the autonomy thing is true because all the grown-ups who are rescuing the other grown-ups and everyone else in the they town, see the kid and they like, see Captain Sosuke. They see Sosuke and Ponyo <laughs> on a little unseaworthy toy untrustworthy boat. toy boat <laughs> straight up ship toy ship. boat <laughs> and they're not like what are you doing get up here come up with the rest of us and be safe they're like good journey bye captain where they are you going are you going to go, go find your mom? mom sweet have fun like <laughs> you know because it is common in japan for kids to go run errands yeah have, okay like there's that show on netflix i was this gonna say like, have you watched old enough yeah i watched yeah. a little bit of it. that yeah. show rules it's like yeah because it's common in japan to like Kid, go to the store. <laughs> I've watched all store. of it. I hope there's more. I'll give you extra so money good. so you can buy a common Rider toy. Go to the store and come back. Especially the newer, the newer season where it cuts ahead and shows them as grown-ups. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, the new it's season it shows like here's where they were like they filmed it long ago, long ago enough that they can like cut to now and they're like twenty some years old and they're working wherever and they're like <laughs> cool. Because to them it's just this that one time I was on a TV show I guess like. Yeah. It's pretty one cool. One time they hooked a microphone up to me and I just like did whatever. Well, and sometimes love... it feels like they're putting on a show on that show. They're kids and they're on camera, but like they, but they don't know they're on... they're on camera because the cameraman, a cameraman, will be two feet away from them with their disguised camera, and they don't. They're on a mission. They don't notice that like it's weird that this guy is following me around, right? That's why so many kids get kidnapped because you're not paying, you don't have your head on a swivel. These kids are stupid. Not not making fun of kids. They just are. <laughs> they're just dumb. <laughs> At the the senior center, which is un, which is underwater, as you would suspect, yeah, but is in a big old bubble. has been saved by Fujimoto. It's inside a giant bubble. Or Grandmari, one of the two. Did yeah, it. one of the two. Maybe together as a sludge man. But that means they knew. Combo. They know that's where Lisa is, so we have to protect it because that's where Sosuke and Ponyo are going to come to. Yeah, that's a. I don't. That seems like assuming a lot, but they also seemingly, at this point, both of Ponyo's parents seem to accept that Sosuke is with Ponyo, and they are hanging out, and that's fine. Like they're like their their friendship is is real, and, and they're gonna, they will they're get gonna here. make it here. Well, Fujimoto was spying on them. He was up on his little tower of water things, trying to look he at them, knows. and then the little sisters came and kept eating it away, so we kept <laughs> falling down. Which they did not need to do. He was being nice. At that point. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even being well, nice. last time he was doing stuff like this, yeah. he kidnapped her, took her back, you know. So and they're... later he drops the slugs and chases Sosuke, but then because because cool. the, the old lady is like, "Don't trust this guy." 
even though he's just really but inside the bubble the seniors are feeling spry they're not wheelchair bound anymore they're running around they all got it's like that twilight zone the kick the can episode yeah they're feeling real young the journey back they're finally out of the water just in time as the boat is shrinking again because ponyo's getting real sleepy (laughs) yeah her her magic's wearing off she doesn't really know her she probably would have made it if she didn't go fix that baby or like she uses the, it one too many times. She's been keeping this boat big for like hours at a well, time. She's also now. been keeping herself human. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she starts, she's getting real sleepy. She starts reverting back to little baby first dog. frog face chicken arms and legs form and then all the way back down to little goldfish form. <laughs> I have a note that says, why did the hat shrink? I was wondering that too. Because <laughs> it's when in the, the boat, boat I guess. Because his hat falls that, off when he comes out. But she didn't make magic, it grow in the first place. She got place. caught in the AOE. The magic that shrinks the boat. <laughs> Just shrinks the hat too because it's in there, I guess, because it's it's a new candle also. Well, it's a good thing they got out of that boat then because they would have shrunk too. Yeah, maybe it's right only inanimate time. objects. And I guess they didn't bring the shoes with them either because when he comes out of the boat, he's like on the road with no shoes on. I have boy, put your G dang shoes back on. That's what I wrote. No, I don't remember <laughs> seeing him ever wear shoes. No, because they he take takes the them sho- off at school. He takes them right. off and puts new ones on. They have cool. to go through this dark tunnel, tunnel. but even that doesn't seem terribly scary like nothing in this is scary it's all that just... matters is that ponyo is scared of the tunnel because it's dark yeah but she trusts in sosuke and sosuke gets her through the power of friendship yeah and there's the thing yeah fujimoto's chasing him chasing sosuke around for a second kind of for no reason just wants to make sure that they're gonna make it probably or just so that there's any conflict because the movie kind of has no conflict <laughs> that's okay it is okay but when you go see like an anime movie a lot of people assume that there will be like a lot of cool comments. I'm glad. I'm glad Especially there is from the Mononoke director and the yeah. Nasca director. But then once they Total get there, it. everyone inside the bubble can just breathe water now. They're breathing out air. That's why it makes bubbles. They're breathing. I think they're they taking. The oh, so they were underwater the whole time. Yeah, something. they're having yeah. magic. Like in then why their have the bubble? The bubble. The bubble's not the keeping place. air in. No, that's true. Uh, I was wondering gravity, what the change was. They're not floating. Yeah, they're also not floating. Because so she tries to the swim the when she lands the and she doesn't swim. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's yeah, it's nitpicking, whatever. Bubble. It works how it works. <laughs> and then, yeah, they have the love test and... Obviously it me. works. And the love is true and the moon recedes and the world is saved. And then everyone's happy. Ponyo <laughs> they gets go, to stay yeah, they that's the cool. end. They do the little kiss and it works and the movie ends. And it's just... Yeah, it literally ends on them... On the test working. The, the little kiss where she's floating in the air. Iconic shot. Yeah, from the movie, and then we get the ponyo ponyo little fishy in the sea song, yeah. which is which is a really nice. I love when they have because in the Japanese it is a Japanese little folky kind of song, and they I love the English lyrics for it of like it's making it fit the beat. It's basically the same meaning, obviously, but it's just they keep the beat with the new little lyrics, and it's it's always fun when they do that. Just a nice touch to do. And now what is the, you might know this, you might not, being more anime-versed than me. In the credits, next to everyone's name, there's these little symbols. Like, it's a wolf head, or it's a how. I think they did that. It's just sure. to, I think to look cool. Maybe it's each not representative of anything. Everybody just drew a little object. That could be. Maybe. maybe. But they don't look like different styles. I don't know. Might just be for their own. It's only in this movie. It's not like a okay. general thing. And that's Vanyo. Yeah. Uh, a great, great movie. Awesome. And I, yeah. I just... I love 
because a lot of people would say that it's a type of movie where just like it's not really about anything it's just a cute little movie where they do cute stuff but i think it's so i think it has a lot of things and depth that it wants to say i think everything with the individuality of the kids and their personhood and the way the parents have to accept that i think that's a big point i think there's a a good amount of pollution messaging you could even say the whole thing is allegorical of like we have to instead of just being with the sea we have to love the sea and we have to we have to be nice with the sea and it has to be i don't know of like, you have to read, you have to read, you have to read for that there's a big reading of well that. but also because, <laughs> and if you don't don't forget that the sea is a ancient deep and mysterious place that could take us back anytime it damn well pleases yes yeah. <laughs> and we're lucky to be at its you know mercy yeah. it's it's one of those things that i could see someone bringing up as like an apolitical movie and i just don't see that as the case i think it has a lot to say about just the way that we should treat kids and the ocean and a lot of stuff and there's also there's this reading of it that i don't like that people do that it's like but people read this about like every kid's movie of it's like it's about death or whatever and it's like they're all dying and that's why it looks like everybody died in the water because they did that's the rugrats are all dead or whatever like it doesn't matter there's always (laughs) dumb fan theories for every single thing about how everybody's dead and maybe it has some merit but i think that would ruin the movie for me so i just don't care about that interpretation because why should i it's not no that interpretation is nonsense there's no that's i think jacob ladder ruined people because yeah you can just point at that and think every movie is that somehow yeah but, and I, it usually stuff like that usually comes from people ignoring the obvious messaging that it has like they just don't get it so they extrapolate some new thing on top of it and it's like no the movie's about just like kids and pollution like it has so stuff it's i about say that but i do still contend that the only way top gun maverick makes any sense at all is if he died in that explosion at the beginning and the rest of the movie is his dying like wish fulfillment dream oh is it's the like, only way that movie makes sense is but it like a that? oh you haven't seen it yet no, no i haven't I seen the original one you're fine no yeah, you're I fine you don't need it i might someday um, this is fun i guess I, i'm not somebody who was madly in love with everything everywhere all at once i thought it was okay i know there's people who really love it there's people who really hate it i'm in the middle i think it's fine and then any other year i might not i might be like does that should that a one best picture but um, i'm not gonna take anything away from the the people who worked on it but also i'm actually very glad it did because two of my other options were top gun maverick and avatar 2 and if one of those won best picture (laughs) two towering examples of meh man i don't know what i would do yeah let's give it to a a a good movie I thought except it was really just good, like a, except okay. it was just very often like the least funny thing ever, like in the middle of important like heart. Like, toss in a joke that you didn't like. Like yeah, like a scene would be like really important and like meaningful, yeah, it's and real, then they throw in like the least funny joke ever. It's real, <laughs> lol, random Reddit type humor, which is not necessarily my bag. They're fighting with dildos, hilarious, right? Yeah, when I it was no, when I funny. when I saw Orgasmo twenty five years ago. Thanks, but there are there's it also is, a lot of things I like about it. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The best picture win has a dildo fight in it, though. That's kind of funny. I mean, that's something. About it. <laughs> something to think about. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> my point is, Top Gun Maverick is not that great. And what Ponyo was I saying? Is. Oh yeah, the death and Ponyo is yeah. Don't bring the not everything's about death. 
not everything's about trauma and grief. A lot of things are, but not everything the doesn't have to be. The parents are not. Like every new Marvel movie, <laughs> oh, this one's about trauma. Oh, this one is? Like the last eight weren't, according to you? Come on. Anyway. Some of them are about trauma. That's Ponyo. <laughs> uh, a wonderful, whimsical, good-ass time. If you don't want to think about it at all, the takeaway would just be the word splendid with two exclamation yeah. points after it. Even if you see, even if you don't think about it at all, like we no obviously death. had well, to. Well, and it works on both <laughs> levels. If you're a grown up, like it's it's super charming. Kids kids don't even register any of that other stuff. And if you're a grown up who wants to think about environmental stuff, who wants to think about the autonomy thing, that's there too. You can enjoy it on any level you want. You know? Yeah, you can watch the whole thing on mute and just look at it. You, you go, could do that too. Awesome. Because there's no aspect about it that I think, I mean, unless you're, you have a slow attention span and you think beautiful shots of them walking for a little bit is boring. It's just kind of, it's perfectly what it is. I think it is a perfect of itself. Like, I wouldn't say it's like the best movie of all time, but it's perfectly Ponyo. Like, there's no, you can't make Ponyo. This is, there's no movie that's going to be like Ponyo that will be better than Ponyo. Right. This is the Ponyo. <laughs> you know? I think my only, and it's not even an issue, but on this rewatch, maybe because I was taking notes, I did notice more than other times that I watched it that any time it cut away from whatever Ponyo and Ponyo, Ponyo and Sosuke are doing, I'm like, okay, whatever, go back to the kids. Like, I don't, whatever Fuji, Fujimoto's doing, I don't give a shit right now. Like, go back to the cute kids doing cute stuff. Like, that's the real heart of it. And I, just, I don't even have any complaints yeah. about the movie, but that those were the moments that I was like, "It's like this is good." But I would, can we I would go kind of enjoy the... this more if, <laughs> if it was just kids all the time. Yeah, but that is Ponyo, a great movie. It is that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next episode's movie, chosen completely at random, will be. Pressing the magic button right now. Next week's movie is Hellraiser Three, Hell on Earth. <laughs> uh, again, HBO Max. What uh, year is it? Uh, Nineteen ninety-two. Not uh, not the best Hellraiser. Not the worst Hellraiser. Yeah, HBO Max. This is the fourth HBO Max movie in a row. So it's on a real kick. Which is, I mean, look, usually I did. I'd go like six, seven Tubi movies in a row. So that's fine. Tubi's got some got some trash stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, I've watched uh, a lot of it for this show, but. Well, hold on. You know what? You were were you were saying you were doing a Hellraiser. How far did you get in your Hellraiser watch? Oh, we only got up to Hellraiser one and two, so three would be right on time. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> well, I usually don't do back to back guests, but why don't? Oh, also, I should mention because it's every twenty five episodes, I do a full length feature commentary. And next episode is 125, so Hellraiser 3 will be a full-length commentary. And you have not seen this one yet, so no. that would be fun to watch with you as I, as someone who has seen it and people who have not experienced it yet uh, <laughs> yeah, to I, watch it in real time on microphone. I love those first two. I'm not, I hear it's a bit different. It is a bit different. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's everybody's... Well, not homework for next week because it's a commentary. So don't watch it at a time. You can watch along with the commentary. Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth from 1990, what did I say, 2? I think so. <laughs> on HBO Max. Are there places people can find you? You're not really social media kids. Nah, not much. No. Nah. Nope. nope. Don't find them. Forget it. <laughs> don't you, for you don't need to know them. <laughs> uh, I am at Heath Lambert 78 on Twitter. The show is at that's so random P2. 
The show is also on... Could get you one. I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> I think I put That's a Random Podcast, and then it just automatically shortened it to oh, P2, because yeah. I didn't put P2 that, on purpose. can't be that long. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't just tell you it can't be that long. No, it just, hap- it just turned out that way. So, whatever. Everywhere else, uh, like Hive and Mastodon and Slasher and TikTok... It is some form or other of that's so random, that's a random podcast, that's a random pod. TikTok clips? Yeah, man. <laughs> that's you how you market. Keep up with me. <laughs> and the show has an email address, that's a random pod at gmail.com for whatever you want to say about whatever. I'll read it. And then artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter and Slasher. And that'll do it for Ponyo. I think we will we'll have these boys back next episode. And uh Join us for that full-length commentary, Hellraiser 3. Say bye for now. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye.